Ron White. Oh, there you are. Oh, we're just no pre-communication. We're just sending it. Um, I think it was uh, 2012 when I was training for my first marathon run. It was crazy. I would nine years ago. Yeah, I would run from my house to the to the CrossFit gym, which was six miles away. And I remember this one time I wore a weighted vest and then I got to the gym on a Saturday morning and we did a hot open one rep max deadlift. (laughs) (laughs) And then, then what did you, did you run six miles back home? I got a ride home (laughs) (laughs) because my back was shot. (laughs) Not it was that, and then I liked to hang out at the gym for hours. So I was there and you know, helping people with their workout afterward, like kind of shadow coaching. Uh, and then did a workout. I think we did like toes to bar and power cleans or something. <laughs> so six mile weight vest run, one rip max deadlift, and I think I hit like a respectable 350 or something like that. Decent, decent deadlift. That's a, that's a solid, that's a solid number for your, uh, for your endurance level, your build. At the time. Yeah. And I had just started lifting too. That was like early. Yeah. You were, you weren't, you weren't a, a larger individual ever. Were you? No, no. You, you, you were born skinny, weren't you? I was born chunky and then I, I stayed round for a long time until I, until I put, until I put some muscle on. Yeah. Uh, You know, um, you pressed record really fast. I still have to, uh, I still need to take uh, a little note downstairs to my son. Um, So we're we're here though. I can always pause. Yeah. Uh, well, why don't you get into where you were going with that opening statement of running six miles, maxing out your deadlift, doing some toes to bar and power cleans? Because that sounds like a lot. It sounds like it is a lot on paper. It's a lot in reality. It's also a lot. What is that? (laughs) What does that mean? for the normal quote unquote air quote normal person person so what were you what were you going for at the time (laughs) it was time under tension i wanted to spend more time working out continuously and uh I thought it was a great idea. Let me combine all this hard stuff running in, in the summer, by the way, it was like August and, uh, and I ran, yeah, the six miles. That was crazy. 20 pound weight vest hit a heavy deadlift. Um, and then a workout. Um, I thought at the time that if I was training endurance, it would be smart to just train longer and do more stuff. 
and that was uh that was a difficult <laughs> that was a difficult process learning how to manage that Yeah, it started with, um, you know, I was training for a marathon. Which you're doing now. I am doing that now. And this was the first one that I ever trained for, which ended up getting canceled that year, surprisingly enough. Um, yeah, the first year of the New York City Marathon got canceled. So, <laughs> was so is, is that your method right now? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, it, what I thought I was doing, man, was training endurance. I thought I was just doing, it was a matter of just doing more things, going for more volume. And there was, there was a little bit of a method to it. It was like, I didn't feel like running 20 miles. So I would run a little bit, lift a little bit, do a, an intense workout. And, um, and, and that was it. I was, uh, I was getting fitter for sure in some ways. How long did you carry on with that, hmm. with that mentality? Cause that's what it is. It's a mentality. It's uh, Dude, I, uh, need, oh. I need to do more in order to do better. Yeah. I, I had that mentality for a long time and, and a couple of reasons. I really thought that, you know, the more, the more I could do the fitter I was and my numbers were going up. My intensity and workouts was going up, things like that. Um, I was getting faster running. I, I didn't realize at the time that it was destroying me though, destroying my body and my, and my mindset, because the moment I had to take a break from that, it was devastating. And when you try to ease back in or go back to it, you think you're at the same level that you used to be. Even your body even remembers so well how to do things that it tries to keep up and it can do certain things. Like I could still run as fast as I could back then. I could still pull the same weight off the ground if I wanted to. And the problem now is my, my joints, my muscles, my current fitness level, my stamina, they aren't primed to handle that. And so even if I do do it, the recovery process would be significantly longer. So I stopped training that way a long time ago. Mm. So I could balance, have more balance. My threshold was a lot higher back then though, you know, youth. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, you know, if you take a look at 2012 you were you were 21 years old like yeah. Yeah. like things things were a lot different then and you know uh uh my my journey through this stuff was very similar you know it, i i got introduced to crossfit in 2009 and the crossfit games had just been introduced and i thought i could do it so i went for it and busted my ass on the regular day in and day out for a few hours a day. And, and now it's, it's really lost. It's fun. You know, training, training for hours on end used to be a lot of fun. 
it, it really did. And, and now the, the thought about spending, spending like more than 90 minutes on like one, one like specific style of fitness, just completely, completely like, I don't even want to start <laughs> like, if, right, it's if, gonna, it's, if it's ahead of you and you know, you're, you have like yeah, that much work to do. Yeah. Yeah. If, if, if for a second, I think that I'm going to be working out for longer than, for longer than an hour and a half, like, I don't even want to do it. Mm. Um, and, and that's even with, dude, that's even with jujitsu. Like, like I reach a certain point where like, even though I love it so much and like, it's a lot of fun, like I know that like, okay, I got to go do something else. Like I want to, <laughs> I want to go do something else. And I think not take out that. I think like it is because of the fact that I spent so long focusing on one thing. Like CrossFit was it, man. When I stopped fighting and got into CrossFit, it, it was all I cared about to the point where it, destroyed relationships and, um, it destroyed my body in a sense. Like I'm dealing, I'm dealing with injuries in both knees and my left shoulder mm-hmm. be- because of CrossFit and, and because of your relationship to CrossFit. At the just, time. Come wait, on, man. Wait, wait, I, why are you going to steal that projection reflection translation that I could have just made for myself from me. Uh, No, for real though. It's not because of CrossFit. It's because of my personal relationship with CrossFit and how much I loved it, how much I wanted to get better at it, how much I believed that I could excel, excel. Yeah. Yeah, Do well. And it's, I think that's a personality trait too, because I am very much the same way with a lot of things. When I started, um, when I started diving, I was, I I did springboard diving in college. I wanted to be on the diving boards hours and hours a a day and not. Well, that shit, that shit was fun, man. Wasn't it? Yeah, It's it's fun until you, you hit the water the wrong way. You, and it's like hitting concrete and Mm. you, you tear your shoulder or until you land face first on the water or you hit the diving board. Yeah. You make mistakes when you do too much, you start to make mistakes. You don't and even realize you're tired. No, not at all. You know how and many, then, and you it happened with BM- CrossFit too. Yeah. You know how many BMX crashes I've had <laughs> because I, I just wanted to keep riding and was like, I didn't realize I was tired. Like at a certain point, man, your central nervous system is like, I'm done. You're going to want that- me to, yeah, you're past that to... point, you're not getting any better. You're losing gains. Right. You, you know, you know, we mentally, we want our bodies to be able to respond in a specific manner. And it, when shit, when you need it to, and you're tired, it doesn't. No. no. And that's, and that's when you get messed up, man. Um, it, it, prime, prime example, like, there was a period of time where deadlifting over 400 was easy. It was mm-hmm. stupid easy. And one day I was like, of course I can hit 405 for a triple. No problem. This was before I learned about the importance of stress, diet, and sleep. And I had gotten like maybe four hours of sleep the night before. 
And I pulled that, it was either two or three reps that day. And I pulled that air quote last rep. Cause it's always the last rep. And my back locked up and I couldn't walk right for days on end. And your, your back was like, the fuck you doing, man? Dude, for, <laughs> for real. And it took me, and, and now granted, I've pulled over 400 since then, but it has been a long time since I pulled over 400. I just recently um, did 305 for a triple. And, and honestly, that was probably the first time I had touched that weight in a year. <laughs> and I had pulled 400 since then, but um, the fear avoidance was super high, yeah. super high. And, 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 and that was a, that was a, along the ways of, you know, why am I doing this shit? <laughs> you know, do I still love the deadlift? Hell yeah. Do I still love the squat? Hell yeah. I, 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 do I still love CrossFit? Yes, absolutely. But, you know, you and I talked about this. I think it was in text recently was that fear avoidance, man. Like, like sometimes we don't even want to see what we're still capable of because we, we expect something to go wrong. We recognize what happened yeah. and, and we, we get worried about that again. When I, um, when I, when I fractured my foot in March and, and finally I was healed, the doctor was like, all right, you're good to go. Go do the things, man. <laughs> that first time back on my bike was super, super nerve wracking. And and, you know, I, I, I had to make a choice. Dude, I have a, like, a, a, a interesting experience with fear avoidance. And maybe people can also relate to this. When I was 17, um, I was driving home from a summer camp that I was working at upstate New York. It was like a three-hour drive. Slept like shit the night before. And uh, woke up to drive home. And on the way home, I fell asleep at the wheel. And uh, smashed into the guardrail on the interstate, flipped my car multiple times. <laughs> what? Yeah. Luckily, no, I didn't hit any other person or any other vehicle. My car ended up inverted. No, right side up, actually, um, in, the, in the center of the, the interstate. Um, completely crushed. I climbed out the window that had smashed with a, no injuries, luckily, man, mm. that was wild. And I remember looking back at the car and just, and then looking at my body, looking at myself and just wondering like, did that just happen? Like, did I, how did that happen? Ask going through my head, like all these, all these questions. I didn't, I didn't sit in the driver's seat of a car for a year and a half after that because I was afraid because I, I had that, this fear in my head. And I remember telling myself at the time, I'm never driving again. <laughs> and I had this fear in the back of my head, like, you know, maybe you have a problem. Why'd you fall asleep? Maybe it'll happen again. You know, anything longer than a five minute drive. And then eventually I realized like, Hey, I got to drive. 
I need to, I got to go to school. I got, I was in college at the time and I had, I just, I got a new car and started driving short drives and eventually got over it. And now you drive to Pennsylvania to hang out with me. Now, now I, yeah, now I drive and I'm wide awake, but <laughs> I learned a lot from that though. You, cause you know, you, you learn from these things. The point is though, and uh, you know, back to the original topic is uh, you you had mentioned at some point your, your central nervous system says, Nope, you're done. And two things happen at that point, you get hurt or you lose um, efficacy. It's It's no longer benefiting you. In fact, it's making it it's any gains that you would have made are now gone yeah, because, because the you, recovery process has to be is so big. You're either going to fail or your, your technical ability is going to uh, depreciate. And, and at a certain point, you're, you're not going to make yourself better. No, no. Are, are there points? Are there points in time where, where we allow the ego to step in. Yeah. If you, if you, if you have something to prove, like if you like, here's a good example, David Goggins Mm -hmm. and setting his, setting his uh, pull-up world record took him three, three, four attempts. And, 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 you know, his hands turned into raw hamburger and this, that, and the other shit at that point, at that point, you're not doing things for the sake of improving you're doing things for the sake of proving and that's that you- a, that's what we see all too often in in the gym too and even i see it on the mats in jiu-jitsu especially with with lower level belts and new new people is they feel as if that's what you need to do in order to improve they feel like in order to get better at something you need to prove that you can do it and and this is where coaching, good coaching comes in. And also an understanding of one, your threshold, um, which is measurable by, by a lot of means. You can measure your threshold. And also we have what's called RPE, which is your rate of perceived exertion. And understanding both of those things, they go hand in hand. You can get a solid workout, make like the the optimal amount of gains, right? Maximize your ability to improve. And, you know, every once in a while, show off, show people <laughs> like, show people like, Hey, I, I did all the work and that, Hey, I just PR'd or I just, I just, you know, beat someone else's PR. That's even, that's fun. Right. Or it's- I just, or I just hit my longest run, something like that. Like I just ran for, you know, two hours straight. Like the, this is where adequate training and, you know, threshold training comes in and there's ways people can do this. And I do want to um, give people tools today, things they can practice, make it, make it something practical. And I know a lot of times we talk about theoretical stuff and philosophical stuff. (laughs) This is where we can actually give you something to think about, like in your next workout, in your next training session, on the mats in your next uh, time, next time you practice something, right? How does one determine their rate of perceived exertion? (laughs) Well, it's on a one to 10 scale. What I like to do is 
Um, and I do this with, with, uh, all first timers at the gym. We do a, uh, intro workout of the assault bike and ball slams, 30 second intervals of those things. And I appropriately scale them. So I'm, I get them into a six out of 10, let's say effort wise RPE by saying like, you should feel mostly fresh every time you pick up that ball and we should be able to have a conversation while you're on the bike. And then at the end, I asked them, Hey, what, you know, one to 10, what was that like for you? What, how much effort did you put in? And usually I'll hear six or seven um, because that's what I'm looking for. You know, appropriate amount of rest, appropriate amount of work, correct cadence on the bike, checking in with their breathing, you know, consistent reps on something. Here's a way that um, a more technical way though, and we'll, we'll start simple. So a one out of 10 that's sitting down breathing after you just ate a big meal and you're, you can barely move because you're not moving. You're not expending much energy, right? That's an, that's a one out of 10, a five out of 10 would be walking um, at a normal pace, normal rate. Uh, maybe a, a four out of 10 would be walking at a normal rate. And you can breathe normally. Your heart rate is slightly, slightly elevated. Uh, you can carry on a conversation easily. Six to seven out of 10. That is where your heart rate is um, at an elevated state, 100, 120 beats per minute. And and you can do that very consistently for a long period of time. Meaning your heart rate, your heart rate's not fluctuating too much. There's no spikes. And if we observe this, there's no spikes. Also, your technique is near 100% for every single repetition of whatever you're doing. Um, and here's an example of how to, how to understand that technique wise for CrossFitters listening, you know, the workout grace 30 clean and jerks for time. Um, I've seen people do this in a minute or so. And it looks like dog shit. And it looks like dog shit, right? <laughs> I've also seen it done in 10 minutes and I've done this before personally, I've done it intentionally slow in about 10 minutes and I've done it super fast in about two and a half. And the slow one, what I'm trying to do is I want my, you know, every clean is like the best squat clean I've ever done. And then I go for a nice tight, like push jerk, stand tall, breathe, reset, rest. And I'll do that 30 times. And that's like, you know, my heart rate's elevated. I'm thinking, um, I'm paying attention to my technique. It's near flawless every time. That's, that's the six on the RPE scale. If it was an eight, what would happen is every couple of reps, I would make a mistake, right? If I was doing a power clean, 
you know, every couple of reps, I might catch on my toes in the power clean or elbows too low, or maybe I forgot to shrug my shoulders or a missed hip extension once. And then I correct it on the next one. So, and that's, that's where we, that's like the sweet spot for uh, improving your anaerobic system where you can make mistakes often, uh, you know, every couple of reps and still be able to correct, right. Self-correct where you run into trouble is when you make mistakes and then you aren't able to self-correct, right. The next rep is the same or worse. That's where you're in the nine to 10 range. Your heart rate is fluctuating from between, um, you know, your threshold to max, uh, and, and you're breathing heavy. Like it's, if someone tried to talk to you, you just give them the finger. <laughs> oh, so yeah. when, when the, the members of my gym give me the finger, it's because they're, they're in at, a R, they're yeah. at a nine ten RPE. Yeah. They're, they're above their thresholds. Damn it. <laughs> All right. I'm going to use, I'm gonna use that. I'm going to use that moving forward in my coaching. Yeah. All right. Gonna need here's, you to... <laughs> here's the deal though. Yeah. Here's the deal though with when it comes to th- what we call threshold training, we want to live most of the time in that sweet spot, seven, eight out of 10. Every once in a while though, you got to go, you got to go to a 10. You got to, or you got to turn it up to 11 and see what the hell you can do. So and then often you got to take it down a notch and practice at that five or six pace. You know, here's something that I think that gets missed out on is that there's certain areas of physical training where you can go to that 10 in a safe manner. Yeah. Uh, when, when we talk about, when we talk about rowing intervals, mm-hmm. it's really easy to keep it safe mm-hmm. and go to that 10. Your technique's going to break down a little bit. You're going to start rounding your back as you go into the catch position. Yeah. And, and you're going to start pushing off your toes. You're going to start, uh, you're going to start hip extension a little early, or you're not going to, you're not going to completely pull the paddle all the way back, but the likelihood, the likelihood of injury Super low is super low on the assault bike sled sprints. These are areas where you can approach that 10 broad jump, things like that. Yo, uh, a broad max, jump, max burpees. Yes, dude. Where, where the skill level is super, super low. Mm-hmm. You can approach that 10 RPE head on and walk away from it with a stagger in your stance because you're fucked up. Yeah. But you're fucked up because of working so hard. You're not fucked up because you hurt yourself. Right. right. Now, when we start talking about 10 RPE on things like grace or Fran or a heavy deadlift, right? Those should only be saved for competition. Yeah. There's a really phenomenal episode of chasing excellence about yeah. about um training, training and practice right tra- training with intent uh and 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 that's what it is it's about training it's about practice training and then competing 
Mm-hmm. It's and and the difference between differences between those three. Practice is spent with a super low heart rate and long long periods of rest between doing the next repetition. Well, see, and, most of the time you're at a low heart rate and it's going to spike. It will it, depending oh, on right, what right, you're right. practicing. And and it's going to spike and you're going to allow it to lower right before you go again. Training on the other hand is going to be spent in a higher heart rate for a longer duration of time and for for the majority of us 99% of our physical activity should be spent in that training range yeah where where you have an elevated heart rate you're keeping movement safe you're at that 6 to 8 rpe mm-hmm. you know and it's really important to learn also how much the stress diet and sleep affects the RPE that day. And we use RPE on purpose because it fluctuates every time. An eight on a Saturday morning when you've slept in a little bit and you hit the gym a little bit later is different than an eight on a Monday morning when you're at the gym at six at six o'clock a.m. It has a lot to do with your recovery over time. So being able to tune in to this is super helpful in, in that you're going to feel better about, you know, your training, you're going to feel more confident and like less achy, less tired after workouts. And, and you're going to be able to do it for, for longer, right? The longevity is there. So where do we, where do we begin the conversation of where understanding RPE and then how to develop endurance and then what the differences between endurance is, endurance and stamina are? Yeah. Cause that's what you wanted to talk about today, brother. So the difference <laughs> is the differences there, the differences between the, well, let's start here. Understanding RPE, right? I started thinking about this in terms of could I keep going at this pace for another minute? Could I keep going at this pace for another five minutes? Something like that. If you look at it in a, from a time perspective, if you can only keep up for 10 seconds, you're at a 10, right? If if you have to start, if you have to slow down after 10 seconds and, but you can c- continue, then you're at a nine. And there's, there's such a subtle difference between that, right? A 10 is like, you need to stop in your tracks before you move again. You need, you need, like, you need to take a break. <laughs> like you gotta, you, you're going to be gasping. And, and what's wild is as you, the higher you get on the scale, the, 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 recovery period between efforts exponentially increases. So if you're at a, if you're at a a 10 out of 10, that's a, that's a 10 second burst of effort and it's seven to 10 seconds. That's the, the phosphogenic energy system. It's only possible to be in that range for so long for seven to 10 seconds before before your body, that is before your body 
starts utilizing a different source for energy, right? The glycolytic energy system, which uses uh, sugars in your body, in your bloodstream. It, it's uh, unknown where that phosphogenic energy system derives from. Some people think it's adrenaline, like a rush. Um, some people think it's willpower and you can just manifest it. Who knows? The, the deal is you can only go so long and then you, it requires like two to three minutes of recovery in between efforts. Um, this correlates some, to like heavy threes on a back squat. You're doing some, threes at 90%. Sometimes even longer. Yeah, sometimes longer. Uh, but you do like, if you're really at a true 90% effort on a back squat and you do a set of three, that takes you 10 or so seconds, you need a solid amount of recovery. Otherwise you go for that next set. You're not hitting three. If you are, you're not hitting depth every time it's not going to happen. Your central nervous system won't allow it. So that's one way to start understanding RPE is to think about, can you maintain this for how long and what's the recovery time? Um, as you start to descend seven, eight out of 10, the recovery time cuts in half. It's like a one-to-one. -one. So let's say you, you go out for a minute and a half on a run at a certain pace for you to maintain that pace, you'd have to slow down or stop for equal amount of time. That's really great anaerobic training, which is where we should live most of the time, right? You're going to slow down a little bit. You're going to speed up a little bit, but you can really push at that higher effort, maintaining technique most of the time. If you're a little below that, maintaining technique all of the time and your speed stays roughly the same, right? Even keeled, then we're five, six, you're in that aerobic state and you can maintain that for a very long time with very little rest in, be in between efforts if necessary. Um, so those are ways to understand it. Now you asked about stamina and endurance and that talks about it a lot. Stamina is where, you know, those first two energy systems, that 10 second burst anywhere from there to, to three minutes, that's, that's your stamina. Can you maintain this pace for X amount of time? Power over time is stamina. And endurance is simply longevity, right? Is, is that, would you add anything to that? No, that, that really tells it as, as what, I have educated myself on and what I believe it to be about, you know, um, I would challenge, I would challenge a little bit on stamina being a part of that first energy system. Um, more so, more so in, in, in the middle with the, mm -hmm. the, the glycolytic, um, only because, only because I, I look at stamina as not being anywhere near short burst. Mm. Um, you know, cause the way that, the way that CrossFit provided education about it, um, really, re I was really opened to an understanding of this in the, the online programming course that CrossFit provides, mm. um, that really helped me 
un- have a better understanding of what stamina is and how 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 CrossFit programs to improve stamina. How did you? Um, uh, what what did you, what was your understanding of it from that? Uh, so they referred to stamina workouts being workouts where one muscle group is, is attacked. (laughs) We'll call it attacked is, is pushed, um, for a long period of time. And, uh, a, a great, a great way to put this into perspective is if we think about the workout, Angie, which mm. is a hundred pull-ups, a hundred push-ups, a hundred sit-ups, and a hundred squats. And and those repetitions have to be completed in order before moving on to the next exercise. Yeah. So it's a lot of work. So on one muscle group at one time. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and if you if you notice that if you've ever done this workout or any similar type of workout and you jump into something and you're like, okay, I have to do a hundred repetitions before I can move on to the next thing. I'm going to bang out a set of 20 because I know I can. Great. And then you get back up on the pull-up bar, back down on the floor for the next set. And now you're only able to chunk out seven or eight reps. And then those seven, and then those seven or eight reps become three become Mm -hmm. two, become one rep at a time, (laughs) you know, and this happens every time I see people do Murph. It's, it's great. (laughs) It's yeah. uh, And, and I was like, okay, now I fully understand what it means to have stamina in something. Mm. Stamina, stamina is the ability to work on one specific thing until the task is completed inside inside that glycolytic window yeah all right and to and help now, to help people understand this a little better sorry to cut you off it's yeah it's all good it's um using the push-up example right could you do five sets of 20 versus starting at 20 and then decreasing and doing 10, 8, 6, 4, 1, 1, 1, 1, 1. So your stamina would be great if you were able to knock out 20 and then knock out another set of 20 and then another set of 20 and continue, right? You'd, you'd, You'd need to work on your stamina if you hit 20 and then the next set you could only do 12. That's why Fran, the workout Fran was created with that rep scheme, 21, 15, nine, because Glassman was under the assumption that if someone hit 21 reps at this weight, at this intensity, their next set would have to be less. And 15 was just enough to make them push a couple extra reps and then nine, same thing. So it's an excellent test of your, um, of your stamina to see if you're at your threshold if you really hit 21 at your threshold, right? You should get to that set of 15 and feel like 15 is too much. Sometimes, man, that set of 15 is awful. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and, um, and I do want to challenge this just a little bit. And, and, and it might be true. I might be uh, making this up. In order to gain stamina, 
right? We have to practice in some ways. Um, you gotta, you have to train it. So you work, you rest a certain amount of time or you recover a certain amount of time. And um, the, the work could be something as simple as do 15 seconds of max reps on your push-ups and then rest 45 seconds. When you get that up and you and you're maintaining reps, then hey, try 20 seconds and then 40 seconds. So you you start to create these intervals where you're you're working and resting for this amount of time, and it might be, you know, really short bursts, and you're hitting like sets of you're hitting five push-ups in 15 seconds. All right, get that up to 20 push-ups in 15 seconds, and maintain that. Okay, now you're building your stamina up. That's a really specific way of doing it. If you just want to work on your push-ups, now the problem with CrossFit workouts is sometimes you'll have to do 100 push-ups right after you do 100 pull-ups, or right after you run a mile, or right after you do a bunch of power cleans, or something like that. So it it work they work in in such a way where you have to be really smart about how many reps you can do. <laughs> Maybe you only do 12 push-ups, even though you know you could hit 20, but 20 would be like max effort, right? That, that's where RPE comes back in, right? You have to self-limit so that you can go faster. And this is one of the things that comes with a lot of experience. And you can always tell the difference between someone who's been training for a decade and someone who's been training for even three to five years. That person been training for eight, nine, 10 years, they're going to move slow. They're going to move meticulously. They're going to do less reps at a time, but they are not going to stop. Their stamina is going to be up and that comes, it's both mental and physical. Um, so you might be in that 10 second range sometimes. Um, and that's how you practice and build stamina because you can always go faster in 10 seconds. You can do more reps in 10 seconds, right? Um, or you could do X reps faster Then you need more recovery. So there's some different ways that people can start looking at this practically. Um, I think that sums up stamina though, in a, it, pretty simply. Um, endurance on the other hand, how would you, what's your understanding of endurance in relationship to this? In relationship to this, you know, it's funny though. Uh, I, I, I looked up stamina and the, the definition that I got is the ability to sustain to prolong physical or mental effort. Hmm. And I like how they put mental effort in there. Yeah. That's, that's really cool because they go hand in hand. Um, because a lot of times we can continue the physical, but it's the mental tells us, Hey, you know, stop. Mm -hmm. uh, so endurance, endurance to me, if I look at it from, uh, the physical standpoint, it, you know, I'm thinking about something that's going to be hours on end, you potentially, know, yeah. but potentially, you know, like let's, let's take a, let's take something like, um, work, for example, your job your job is going to rely on you to have some form of endurance. It takes, it takes hours 
to, to get through your day if you have a nine to five, right? And you have to be able to sustain your effort throughout those hours, throughout those days. And if we look at that in the, in the sense of um, physical activity, you know, what are considered to be endurance sports? We've got running and ultra running. We've got triathletes, uh, you know, the, 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 uh, um, anything where we throw in long distance, right? Anything where uh, you're going to be continuing the same thing or utilizing the same um, metabolic pathway mm-hmm. for a very, very, very long time. And long distance and, and cyclic movement. Right, 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 right. right. Um, repeated effort over time, you know, same movement um, pattern. Right. Yeah. Where, where I could, I could take a workout like grace, you know, and I could do one rep at the top of the minute for, for an hour, <laughs> for, for an hour. Sure. That turns, it doubles the amount of repetitions that the workout has, but I'm training my ability to endure to keep going, to keep going for it. Yeah. You know, and, and, um, so, uh, Hey, light bulb, um, this could be a way that we look at the ability, the, the difference between endurance and stamina, right? When, when we're talking about stamina, we're, we're going to expect failure. We're going to expect that at some point, I'm going to have to stop. Yeah. Muscle, muscle fatigue, uh, technique breakdown. Right. And you might vomit (laughs) and And that's like eight to 15 minutes. It might happen anytime between that. And when we, when we talk about endurance though, I mean, look at the, look at the episode that we just did with Jordan. Yeah. Where he ran 103 miles. Continuously, yeah. With with minimal breaks, you know. That's that's what we're talking about when it comes to endurance. Is is okay? I'm gonna go do I'm gonna go do clean and jerks for three hours straight. All right. What's the weight that I'm gonna do that? What's the weight that I'm gonna be able to do that at? Mm -hmm. Okay, and. How, how fast is my, what's my pace? Yeah. What, what, yes. What is my pace? Yeah. And, yes. and what's, you made an interesting point and talk about like muscle fatigue when you're doing, when you're training for endurance and competing in endurance, well, competing might be different, but when you're training, it's very unlikely that your ability to perform the exercise is going to be hindered, right? Like when you are, when, when I do my, my long runs for my marathon training, at no point does my ability to run stop, right? I can still continue to run maybe slower that, but I'm still able to run. Whereas with anaerobic training, stamina training, your ability to do clean and jerks, maybe just be shot. You might not be able to do a single 
other push-up with uh with endurance you can do it it takes the mental capacity to to keep going and your lungs right and the breathing is there that's a huge component the breathing uh, the breathing when yeah. it comes when it comes well when it comes to both because you know when we're talking about stamina you know, our muscles need oxygen in order to keep working. And, and when it comes to endurance, you have to be able to keep your same breathing mechanics Mm -hmm. for as long as possible. Yeah. That's another way people can train it and think about it. Um, again, Hey, let's make it practical. Um, can you maintain your breathing mechanics for how long is the length of your inhale and the length of your exhale consistent over time? Can you continue, can you breathe through your nose or do you have to start take breathing through your mouth? Um, man, we could, we could go real deep into, into breath work. We should we'll do that next time. But if we can think about these things, Um, in our training sessions Um, and it could be anything in your it could be in your sports or in your uh, if you go to a crossfit gym if you train jujitsu if you do anything think about how you're optimizing your workout now should you do only endurance training depends on the goals right most people would say no, even if you're, you know, an ultra runner and you're competitive, right? You still need anaerobic training. Um, there's actually a lot of science that backs up, you know, if you're not training anaerobically for endurance, you're leaving a lot of, you know, performance on the table. If you're not training, if you're not strength training regularly, which is that really short duration stuff. So it's important to train all to, to train in all three, uh, or train both stamina and endurance. Um, for people that are getting after it every day and hitting hard workouts, think about how much time you spend in each of these, and if you're recovering enough, and if you've seen any improvement. It may be time to, you know get into a lower RPE so that you can recover really well and then smash your plateaus instead of kind of battle with them. Right. I love talking about this stuff and (laughs) (laughs) man, it's, you know, it's funny. We spent, we've spent so much time and I've spent a decade decade learning this this stuff mm-hmm. right and um and there's still so much more to learn and there's still way there's still so much more a lot we have we didn't get to touch on today regarding uh you know this always I, fun topic threshold I, and training i love when i get to i love when i get to talk about this stuff because it reminds me of how much i actually know yeah it's 
It's like, oh yeah, hey, I can I can participate in this conversation. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, the the textbooks open. Let me revert back to <laughs> yeah. 2013 at this one seminar I did. <laughs> For real, or this 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 uh, I dude, I remember when I was uh, really getting into like coaching and learning how learning the science behind all of this stuff, or even training because I was training for endurance sports. Uh, hours and hours of YouTube videos and podcasts, learning, uh, learning about it and uh, seminars and workshops all the time because I was just obsessed. Um, and it was great, man. It was really, it was really great. I, I love when I get to use it. And we do a lot of uh, talk on this podcast about um, the mental side of things. Yeah. Which, which for us in relatively is new. Yeah. That's what we're learning about now. Yeah. So it's, it's fresh because we've spent so much time learning about the physical stuff and we realize that, Oh, Hey, something's missing. There's other components, (laughs) the big component. And you know, this is why I love to combine it. And what got me into the mental part in the first place is, you know, when you're doing an endurance sport, even when you're doing a, you know, even when you're training, like doing a CrossFit workout, um, if, if you are in control of your mind, you're going to get a much better outcome. If you, if you have the, the one, the self-awareness to check in, to check in, you're going to, you're going to do great. You're going to feel good. You're going to enjoy it. And, and the opposite is also true. When you see people struggling very often, it's because they have a lot of shit going on outside or they got a lot of uh, rooms in their house that are cluttered and they need to declutter a bit. The metaphorically, of course, with that, what are you excited about, Ron? Um, I am excited about the fact that I get to watch my wife be a cheerleader tonight for the alumni game. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so um, for those of you who listening who don't know, my wife grew up uh, a cheerleader. Um, high school, competitive. She is a competitive cheerleading coach. Um, when we first started seeing each other, she was also a high school cheerleading coach. Um, and the only time that I've got to witness her as a cheerleader was the one time that I was also a cheerleader. Um, uh, and so I actually haven't got to see her do her thing. So that's pretty exciting. Um, I'm also excited. I believe we're going to go to an amusement park tomorrow. Um, uh, I'm excited I'm excited for you to text me to tell me that the baby's here because that's got to happen really soon because um, we are now past the due date. <laughs> By the time this episode is dropped, the baby better be here. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I would hope so. This will this will probably be out in a, you know, a couple a of weeks, week, a week yeah, or two, yeah, at least a week. Um, I'm I'm yeah. also I'm also it, it'll ex- be here by then. Uh, I'm also excited for, uh, we're moving, we've moved into the growth phase with our business mentorship. 
and learning learning marketing and marketing techniques to to help now grow our business in the membership sense. I'm super excited about that. Um, we actually worked on some of that today and, and, uh, I, I got really excited. Like I could feel it inside and within the, the first part of all the stuff that we've been learning, some of it, some of it hasn't really got my, it's like gotten a hold of me and, you know, it's, it's been a challenge to learn, uh, but this phase that we're entering into, like, I'm like, Ooh, 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 like, I'm all, like, I feel, I feel a way about it. And, and that makes me feel good. Um, I'm going to be on the highly optimized podcast next week with uh, Ryan Sprague. I'm super pumped about that. He is a very interesting human being um, that I had the opportunity to meet when I went to Virginia in July. Um, yeah, that's what I'm excited about. How about you? What are you excited for, Matt? Being a dad. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, and for anyone, any parents out there listening, you know, it's like in those last couple of days, um, we are anxiously awaiting awaiting the arrival of our child and um yeah it'll be here by the time this episode is out and i'll be ex- excited as fuck um i i meditated earlier I, I do like a little bit of meditation every day and i saw the face i saw the face of my my kid which was really cool um that means something i'm sure who knows it's exciting though. Um, my training is ramped up for my marathon. I've been hitting some really long runs, feeling good about it. Um, recently reconnected with an old friend and we started a book club. So that's cool. And yeah, we've got our workshop coming up in a few weeks. Yeah. I, I was doing some, I was doing some homework for that this morning. Uh, and, um, I'm, I'm really excited about it, man. Like I, I'm really putting some thought into, into, uh, you know, my part of that. And, and just, I mean, I thought that's what we were going to do is work on that today, but we ended up having this conversation. I was, I was ready. I was ready. We are going to work on that. Oh, oh, are we? Um, yeah. Cool. Anyway, friends, hope you enjoyed it. Hope it was helpful. Get go grab a dictionary if you need to look up some words that we use today. We got <laughs> we got we got pretty technical, right? We, we glycolytic are... pathways. Like, what is that? Uh, yeah. If you if you want to learn more about this stuff, I'm always down to chat. Just shoot us a DM. That's that's the best way. Um, we can we can nerd out about this stuff. So, um, yeah. Expect to hear more like this where we talk about the practical physical stuff things you can think about and then go and do right away oh you mean we're going to talk about exercise more once in a while sweet